0: everybody this is Heidi St. John thanks for tuning in today I'm always honored that you would take just a few minutes of your day and spend it with me here at the show today is Thursday the 2nd of June and today we're going to tackle the question of courageous leadership stick around I think you're going to be encouraged Well, I hope you guys are enjoying this podcast in video format. Uh, I'm enjoying bringing it to you. And today, as we've been doing for many of the podcasts recently, I'm going to have some images for you. So for those of you who are used to listening to this on uh, on your laptops or on your phones, check it out at Rumble and also at YouTube. And I hope you guys are blessed. Also wanna let you know that because it's the 1st of June, we've got a brand new session coming up at Mom Strong International. Brand new Bible study is gonna launch on Monday. And I hope you guys are as encouraged as I am just to see a resurgence of people who really wanna know God's word and get to be able to defend it and pass it on to their children. This is the legacy that God has asked us to give to our children is to know God's word and be able to encourage our children to know it as well. So check it out, momstronginternational.com. Well, I know you guys are watching the news. And so everybody knows by now that uh, Johnny Depp won his defamation lawsuit against his former wife, Amber Heard. That was all everybody was talking about uh, the other day when that when that verdict came out. But I was thinking about something else. As I'm watching what's happening in the news and watching what's happening in churches, Again, and I'm not going to go into it today. I think we I think we touched on it uh, a couple of days ago here at the show, but there is a lot happening right now uh, in relation to leaders inside the church who either for one reason or another, they're either failing because of sexual sin or they've had embezzlement charges or whatever. And then you've got another uh, group of churches that are really just faltering and struggling to find their footing in the culture right now and failing to lead Courageously. And leadership is what we're suffering from in the United States right now, a lack of leadership. And so I'm going to be spending a little bit of time talking to you guys about this issue today and why I think it is so important. Many, many times, my husband and I have had this conversation over the years about what it looks like to lead courageously. And you guys have heard me say this, and I believe it courage is contagious. Billy Graham said that when one man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened, meaning if you guys can take a stand right where you are, uh, you're gonna have an impact because every one of you has a circle of influence. And if you think of yourself as a leader and you start thinking about, well, what does that look like for me to become a leader, to step out and lead in my community, I actually think we're gonna see amazing things happen. So I wanna ask you, as you think about yourself as a leader, whether you're a man or a woman, or maybe you're a teen that's listening to this, have you ever had just a a bad moment? I'm just gonna let you ponder that for a second. (laughs) Have you ever had a bad moment? Like just a moment when you let yourself down, uh, maybe others depended on you and you were disappointed in something that you did or something that you said, a moment that you maybe weren't your best self or a moment that would embarrass you if others knew about it. And you guys, I'm telling you what, I'm convicted by moments like that in my own life. And one of the reasons that I love the Bible is that we can relate to so many of the characters in God's word. Peter had a moment like that. In Luke 22, some might say that Peter was the brash disciple, right? This was the dude that rushed in with the answers. Uh, This is the guy that jumped out of the boat and then took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink into the waves. Peter made really big statements. So he pledged with amazing boldness, you know, that he was ready to go anywhere with Jesus, that he would stand up for him, that he would never defend him and that he would follow Jesus even to death. But when it came right down to it, in the moment that the Bible depicts in Luke 22, Peter denied not once, but three times that he even knew Jesus. And even worse for Peter, scripture says that at the moment of the third denial, the Lord turned and looked straight at him. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine what that must've been like for Peter to have made all these promises to the Lord, to have wanted to do the right thing. But in this moment of weakness, he denied the Lord and the Bible says that God's son looked right at him. Can you guys imagine? Here's Peter, brokenhearted. He's ashamed. Uh, I believe he was probably wrecked to his core, not by a look of condemnation, but by the unconditional love that was in Jesus' eyes. You see, scandalous love gives us grace in those moments when we know ourselves at our core that we don't deserve it. The Bible says that Peter went outside, and it records that he wept bitterly. I think sometimes that that's where we are in the church right now. That that for many, in many respects, and you guys have heard me talk about this before. I believe we failed the COVID test as a church. Uh, we made ridiculous decisions in terms of closing down our churches and dividing our communities. And I think sometimes we feel because we fail or because maybe our faith is like Peter's or because we let the Lord down or we let maybe a family member down or a friend down, uh, we start to feel inadequate. And I'm gonna just encourage you for the next couple of minutes here that I have with you about faith, because if you wanna be a leader and maybe, and I'm not even necessarily talking about you know, uh, becoming a leader in your church or even in your homeschool cooperative or in your in your neighborhood. I'm just saying we start in our families and that's where we learn to lead. Husbands learn to lead with their wives with gentleness and kindness to sort of set the tone in their homes. That's their responsibility. It takes time to figure that out. And sometimes we feel inadequate. Wives are called, the Bible says, to submit to their husbands and to listen for the leadership and to encourage their husband to be godly leaders in the home. And yet I think often we feel inadequate. And then hard times come in. And in the moment of fear that we've lived in for the last three years, especially with uh with the Rona, we recognize that times of fear test our faith. And so if you feel inadequate right now, I'm telling you what, congratulations, you're right where God wants you. I've said this many times to homeschool moms. I don't think. That God wants you to get to the end of your homeschool journey and brag about that amazing curriculum that you found that just helped you make sure that you had the most amazing kids ever and, uh, and that, uh, you know, you were the, you were the saving grace of your child's education. Now, I think that God wants you to get to the end of your homeschool journey, fall flat on your face, lift your hands to the heavens and say, thank you, Jesus, that was all you. God wants us to give credit where credit is due. And I think this is largely why he picks people who are unlikely leaders, maybe even people who are inadequate. I think Peter fits that description. Here's this guy who really wanted to do what God wanted him to do, and he really wanted to follow Jesus. And when it came right down to it, he lacked the faith to do it. Why? Well, in many cases, Peter's case for sure, when he denied Christ, it was because he was afraid. And fear really does test our faith. Think about Moses and the inadequacies that he felt in Exodus chapter three. Remember, he's like, who am I? You know, God's saying, I want you to let my people go. I want you to go back to the land of Egypt where you are wanted for murder and your family no longer uh, wants you because you have abandoned the Pharaoh and the family that, uh, that God placed him in, right? That God saved his life in. And now God's asking him to go back and God wants to use him to bring healing and hope to the people of Israel, to God's people. And yet Moses recognizes not what God's asking him to do. He's not looking at that. He's looking at his own inadequacies. And he's like, who am I that I should go? And how does God reply to Moses? You guys remember this story, right? God simply said, I am that I am. Moses, of course, counters God in in, uh, chapter four, verse one. And he says, but behold, they're not gonna believe me. They won't hearken to my voice. God then responded by displaying his power through Moses' staff and his leprous hand. Moses submitted himself to God's calling to lead after a stern rebuke for criticizing the stammering tongue that God had given him. I think as Christians, every single one of us is called to lead. This is why I've uh, titled my podcast Off the Bench. This is why I love it when you guys send me your off the bench stories and you tell me what God's doing in your life because every single one of us has been called to lead. And I'm sure that we all have a list of disqualifying attributes or failures in our life. I'm sure that every single one of us could come up with a myriad of reasons why God should pick somebody else. But God wants you to lead. First, you start by leading your family's mom and dad, and you teach your children to know God's word. And then you start looking around you to see where can my influence be felt the most? And Exodus 4 is the last time that Moses objected to the calling on his life to lead and he finally he finally just settled his inadequacies by contrasting them with the power of God and i think you know Moses was afraid obviously he didn't think that the people would respect him he was worried about what was going to happen when he finally did make the decision to stand out and lead and we see this over and over and over in the Bible. So I'm going to talk about fear for just a minute because you guys have heard me say this many times and I'm going to keep I'm going to keep saying it as long as the Lord gives me breath, fear is one of the primary enemies of a successful Christian life. We're going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. All right, so we're talking about leadership and I wanna to get to sort of the core of why I think so many of us kind of stumble and falter out onto the field when God's calling you into a position of leadership. Maybe he wants you to be the goalie out on the field and you're like, yeah, no, I don't have the skill for that. And God's like, yeah, no, you're the one, you're the one. But fear often derails us. So let's talk about that. I want you to think about uh, Nehemiah for just a minute. So, so one of the things that I've been telling my campaign staff now for the last several months in reading through the book of Nehemiah, we've been reading through it together and uh, and I've been sort of putting out little uh, devotions for them as often as I can uh, on a text thread about the leadership qualities that God saw in Nehemiah. I remember Nehemiah, the cupbearer to the king. He wasn't in, uh, in a position of incredible authority, but he was in a position of trust and uh, Moses was in a position not of incredible authority and really not even in a position of trust. He had a stuttering problem. He had huge issues with his history in in Egypt and yet God wanted him to do something amazing. And it was so that God's uh, glory could be shown, not so that Moses' glory could be shown. That's why I was telling you guys that when we, thought, when we think about homeschooling and it's easy for us to say, well, look at me, I'm such an amazing mom. I homeschool my kids. God wants the glory for himself. God is absolutely committed to His own glory. He wants you. He wants your life to bring Him glory. He wants people to know about the saving grace of His Son Jesus through your life, through the, all of the things that you go through, through your failures, through your fears, all of it. But what we don't want to do is allow fear to distract us from the mission that God has us on. So, uh, Sambalot was the antagonist in the story of Nehemiah. I don't have time to go into it today. But there were Sambalot and Tobiah, these two dudes that were uh, absolutely after Nehemiah. And the Bible records that God had called him to uh, restore the wall around Jerusalem. I love that God is a fan of walls. Uh, and he had asked Nehemiah to go back uh, and uh, take take basically what is a leave of absence from being the cupbearer for the king and to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. Well, In so doing, he got enemies. Listen, you guys are gonna get enemies. You really, really are. I just did a a campaign stop, was it last night? And uh, it was amazing. I mean, the spiritual battle, the implications of the battle that we are in right now as as it, it was plain to see. I mean, everyone could see it, you know? And we are called not to be distracted from the mission. The Bible says that Nehemiah had enemies from without and enemies from within don't let fear distract you from what God's asked you to do. People will try to intimidate you. They might yell at you. You might hear gossip about you. But if God's asked you to do something, take a lesson from Nehemiah, who refused to let the gossiping, wagging tongues of Sambalot and Tobiah distract him from the mission. Fear is a spirit. And I've talked about this many times at the show over the years. The Bible says that God did not give us the spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so what does that look like? This power, this love, this sound mind that God wants us to have. Well, it looks like not allowing fear to be the thing that that influences ultimately the decisions that we make. Remember I told you guys that uh, my grandma used to tell me I could do anything, I just needed to do it afraid. Well, I've done a lot of things afraid. And there's something to be said for outright obedience, just going, Lord, I don't like this thing that you've asked me to do. It kind of terrifies me, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it anyway because you asked me to do it. And there's a preciousness that comes when recognizing that you don't have to give in to that spirit of fear. You don't have to let fear distract you from the mission that God has asked you to do. Another thing that fear can derail you from God's call in your life is that it becomes an idol. And in uh, in the United States lately, I think the new religion is safeism. you know, we always talk about how we can be safe. Um, the government's gonna keep you safe, put the mask on your face, you're gonna be safe. Uh, I've been asking the Lord, you know, don't let me live to be safe. Don't let me live to be safe. You guys, you're not going home a day before the Lord asks you to go home. The Lord wants you. And when he is gonna call you home, there's gonna be nothing you can do to stop it. And I think sometimes fear is an idol, right? And safism is sort of an idol. Don't allow that to happen. Fear can absolutely uh, derail you when it becomes an idol. The next thing that fear can do is it can weaken your resolve. Uh, I'll tell you what, you guys, in the middle of this whole thing, when the Homeschool Resource Center um, was trying to decide if we were gonna open in the middle of COVID, and the reason I'm, I'm talking about COVID right now uh, is because I'm starting to see signs again, little tiny inklings coming from the CDC. Little things that they're saying here and there. We're watching this ridiculous, you know, outbreak of the monkeypox, which they told us is primarily a sexually transmitted disease. It's primarily within the gay community. You got to have an open wound, really, and touch somebody's open wound in order to get the monkeypox. And yet, we're hearing rumblings, and I'm going to link back to an article I read in Forbes magazine a couple of days ago. Uh, that a friend of mine sent me was absolutely shocking. And when we were under all of the insanity of the Rona and the lockdowns were happening, we made a decision that fear was not going to uh, influence us to close the Homeschool Resource Center. We decided to stay open and we didn't just decide it. We decided it after uh, a whole lot of prayer and just coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? because we want to obey you. At the end of the day, you guys, that is what this should be about. It should always be about obedience. Don't let fear weaken your resolve to obey the call of God on your life. Sometimes that resolve is weakened by uh, outside forces. Sometimes it's weakened by inside forces, meaning maybe your family of origin or something that happened to you when you were younger and your fear of that happening again, or your fear of, I, I talked to a mom not that long ago, her fear was just that people would find out that she wasn't a perfect person and thereby her resolve to do what God had wanted because God had a call on her life. She wanted to write a book. And uh, I love talking to this mom because she understood that God had a call on her life and she really wanted to do what God wanted her to do. But I'm telling you what, the fear of people finding out that she had had the sin issue in her life was really weakening her resolve to walk that out in obedience. It takes courage to overcome fear and courage to be obedient. So don't let fear come in and weaken your resolve. The last, thing that, uh, last way that fear can derail you is that it feeds an untruth. So beautiful lies are still lies. And we need a commitment to truth. And during the month of June, we see a whole bunch of lies packaged in beautiful things, right? The rainbow, which is God's covenant uh, that he would never again destroy the earth uh, with water And there'd never be, again, be a global flood. That's God's promise, that rainbow came from him. And yet we've watched it be distorted. And we're watching this beautiful lie out in the culture. And I always keep telling people, sometimes I think we listen to these untruths because fear, that fear is sort of feeding it. We need to have a commitment to truth. And that requires courage. And courage will always result in action. So for those of you who are listening to this, you you know you're, you're hopefully you guys aren't homeschooling right now. Hopefully you're on summer break. Wherever you are, you're on a little bit of a break right now. But I just wanna encourage you to get before the Lord and say, you know, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Remember I've, I've said before here, uh, we don't pray with, uh, with the goal, the sole goal of just praying. We pray for instructions. We pray to learn to be obedient and you guys are gonna fail. And I think it's worth the risk. Commitment to God's calling in your life makes you capable of failing forward until you reach your goals. And just practicing obedience. So don't skimp out on living your calling by uh, refusing to act on God's command. Don't cut corners. I mean, cutting corners is a sign of impatience and poor self-discipline. What is it that God has asked you to do? You see, successful people have learned to do what does not come naturally. And that's the truth. I mean, that has absolutely been the truth in almost every area of my life. Nothing that's worth achieving comes easily. The only way to fail forward and achieve what God's asked you to do and to walk that out in obedience is to cultivate tenacity and persistence. Tenacity and persistence. So I'm gonna encourage you today as we sort of wrap this up, great leaders and God's training up a whole lot of them right now have got to be courageous. And courageous leaders recognize that fear is something that is meant to test our faith. Times of fear test our faith. I'm gonna just encourage you to walk in right relationship with the Lord and become the courageous leader wherever you are. Maybe that's a leader in your church. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. Uh, Maybe you wanna become uh, a leader here at Mom Strong International. And we want to hear from you. We wanna hear what God's doing in your life. And uh, even if you've had a bad moment, Maybe you're like Peter, you know, you've let yourself down or you said something you wish you hadn't said. God's saying, I still see you. You're still valuable. You still have something to say. So bank on that and trust the Lord, you guys. We need courageous leaders in the country right now and in our churches more than we've ever needed them. And you have an opportunity to be the voice for this generation, right where you are, walking this thing out in obedience. And as you do it, I promise you, God is gonna do amazing things and you are gonna live to have stories that your grandchildren tell for generations to come. I appreciate you guys listening. Make sure that you check out the Bible study this month at momstronginternational.com. And I would love to hear your questions and your off the bench stories. I'm asking you guys to do something a little bit different, which is if you're willing uh, to be interviewed here at the Heidi St. John podcast, and you'd be willing to tell people a little bit about your experience, we would love to hear from you. And uh, you can let us know what that looks like also at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox day. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.